0: We provide them good service and we provide them peace piece of money. I can't tell you how many people that call up say, okay, we're ordering it from you and I'm not going to worry about this anymore.
1: Welcome to the Small Business Celebration Podcast, where we guide you, a small business owner, from the status quo to success to transformation with tools like this podcast, customized workshops, and personalized detailed coaching. I'm your host, Michael I. Roberts, and today our guest is Ron Holbert of Jeronco Party Rentals. Today, Ron is going to guide us in how to exceed your customers' expectations, how to find out what laws impact your business, and why you need to have a vacation bucket list that'll help you through the hectic times of year. But before we get into this wide-ranging interview, let's hear a quick message from our Sponsors. Tim McNeely with Lifestone Wealth Management understands that most entrepreneurs like you simply want to make a difference in the lives of the people they love and the causes they care about. In order to do that, you need assistance in solving all of your unique financial needs. The problem is, your current financial advisor wants to talk about what a great job they are doing managing your investment portfolio, and that can leave you feeling frustrated and misunderstood. Tim believes you deserve financial advice that moves beyond your portfolio. Tim understands that you need advice on minimizing taxes, taking care of the next generation, and protecting your hard-earned assets, all while supporting the causes you are passionate about. That is why, for the last 20 years, Tim has focused on providing advice beyond investments. Here's how it works. First, you and Tim meet, and he learns what really matters to you. Then... Tim presents a plan for moving forward making real progress towards achieving your most important goals. To get started, contact Tim at LifestoneWM.com. That's LifestoneWM.com. And start making a difference in the lives of the people you love and the causes you care about. Today's economy is growing. The question is, Are the team of new employees you are going to bring on board going to help you build a strong and profitable business? Small Business Celebration can guide you to three indispensable virtues that make some people better team players than others and build a framework with easy-to-use tools for identifying, hiring, and developing ideal team players for your organization. If you want to create a culture of teamwork for your business that is simple, practical, and works, Go to SmallBusinessCelebration.com today. Build a team that wants you to succeed. Go to SmallBusinessCelebration.com today. Welcome, small business owners. I'm here today with Ron Holbert with Co Welcome to the show, Ron.
0: Thank you, Mike. I, I appreciate this.
1: Ron Holbert with Geronco has been in business for 35 years, which is a significant feat. And he has won several different awards and recognitions for the work that he's done. He's been Volunteer of the Year twice for Village Fest here in Bakersfield, California. He has also been Citizen of the Year for the Lamont Chamber of Commerce. And I would say even more importantly, he has been the Region 9 Rental Person of the Year by the American Rental Association. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. How did you earn that award? So Region 9
0: covers California, Arizona, Nevada, and and Hawaii. Uh Um, And it is for the work that I do on the association's behalf is how I got that. Um, And this is something that comes over time so it's not something that you just do one year and you win it um it's something that i've been involved in for the last seven or eight years
1: Mm -hmm. and what did you do to have to earn this um
0: so now I am president of the California ARA, which is American Rental Association. So our national association is broken up by states also uh-huh. on there. Uh, I've served on the California board. I've went to caucus um, in Washington, D.C. I've went to Sacramento on the behalf of the rental person um, and lobbied for law changes or different things that that could benefit us, or what I found mainly is our legislator didn't know it was hurting us. Mm. And so I was able to go and talk to them and do that. And, and not just me, a group of us would go and do this.
1: Sure, sure. Legislation and understanding the law that you're in, that pertains to your industry is, is significantly important if you're a business owner.
0: Correct, correct. Huh. And, and you've got to know what the laws are and how it's going to affect you and be willing to tell somebody if it's going to have a significant negative impact on you.
1: How has the rental industry been impacted by by the changes in the law um
0: we majorly uh, there was some uh one of the examples i i can come up with last year that was real big is work comp claims can be shopped so with that being said i'm here in bakersfield california if I had a work comp claim against me mm-hmm. um, that was not heard in trial here locally. You can shop that. So I would end up either in San Francisco or L.A. or wherever. And, um, you know, luckily I didn't have that happen to me, but I know members that did. And by being able to shop, you're going to areas that may not
1: be as favorable to a small business owner. Sure. Sure. And for those that are starting a new business, starting a new small business, how is understanding the law important to business ownership? Well, you should know how it's going to affect you. I mean, we all go in with
0: starry eyes when we start our business out. And and we, we know what we want to do, and mm-hmm. we know how we want to help the consumer. Um, what we forget about is... How is the government possibly wanting to impact that to a point uh, on a financial end, or it might be something that we just can't physically do? Hmm. So know know what the laws are pertaining to the business that you're wanting to start.
1: And how do you how would a small business owner go about learning about the legislation that involves them?
0: First thing to do is go down to your local uh, city or county. Um, Jurisdiction. talk to them, telling them what you're wanting to do. Um, they, they'll, they'll tell you right off. And then if you're going to go into business, you need to have a, an accountant starting out. You need to have somebody besides yourself watching the books right. on there and get you an accountant. Um, they're worth their weight in gold. They really are. A good accountant can help you out, and they'll know what it's going to do as far as the tax liabilities and um, anything else that's going to affect your bottom line, and that's what it's all about.
1: When you started out on your business, did you have a mentor or somebody to help you, guide you through this? Um,
0: yes, I did. And, and actually, this is where our rental association comes in to play. Um, I had another rental company, of all things, locally. Mm-hmm. Um, back then, we weren't competitors. We were f- friendly business owners that did the same thing. Uh, so I found a gentleman that... Um, Before I opened my doors, took two hours out of his day. We sat in his office, and he told me all the doom and gloom (laughs) and what to expect. And then when we got done, he said, okay, if I was doing it, here's how I would do it. And he never once didn't take a phone call from me for 15 years until he retired out of the industry on there. Um, he, he was the guy that was my sounding board.
1: Did you start out in the rental business? Uh, yeah, we started
0: in a rental business different than what we're doing now. So when I originally opened up back in, uh, 1983, we rented equipment. So we were homeowner like contractor is how we, we started out, um, a year or so into it, grower came in, hey, I need a couple of tables, I need a few chairs, we're having a safety meeting, and I went out and bought 10 tables and uh, 100 chairs and said, okay, I'm good, I'll never need any more. Right. And then we've evolved into what we are now. That division of the company we sold off, we're strictly 100% special event and party. We have seven or 800 tables now. We have 10,000 plus chairs plus tents and china and linen, and so that's how it evolved to where
1: Excellent. we are. And what kinds of products and services are you promoting right now in in this specialty rental business?
0: Uh, right now, we're pushing the wedding industry hard. Uh, that's something that we... I won't say shied away, but we didn't go after. Uh, We were so focused on the concert end of the company, doing our staging. And then we are very well known for multi-day events, trade shows, home and garden shows, uh, races, things like that. And we were very good at that. And so we focused on that. Um, Now we're still doing that, but we want to focus on that wedding market to expand what we're doing.
1: If I can take a, a step back a little bit, because you've had 35 years worth of business experience and you've seen a lot of changes in the industry. One of the questions that's often asked is when you're starting a business, it's a risky proposition to begin with. So what's one of the biggest risks that you've taken that you've learned the most from? Um,
0: If you're talking financially risk that way, um, when we took the dive into to the staging end of the world, mm. uh, doing concert stages. Um,
1: Why did you go into the concert staging when you could have been doing farm equipment or weddings?
0: We were approached by Budweiser. Okay. And Budweiser uh, came and talked to us, and they had a lot of events. And you got to think, this goes back to when karaoke was just becoming big. Okay. Um, Budweiser approached us. They promised us five shows a year. Uh, did the math? I said, well, I can make the payments off of five shows. Maybe I'll get lucky and pick up a few others. But for us at that time, that was a very significant uh, investment. It was about forty thousand dollars, and you know, in early nineties, that that was a chunk of change for a company just starting out. We were we had about eight years under our belt at that time mm-hmm. on there. Um, worked out great. You know, they not only gave us what they promised, they gave us double what they promised, and then. They were our step in with Pepsi, and then our step in with getting into the concerts and some of the promoters locally. So that paid off for us that way.
1: Now, what's one of the risks that you t- took that didn't go so well, but yet you learned something that you that was invaluable that you list, that you currently use today?
0: We made some investments into some equipment on the what I call the iron side, the construction side on there. Um, hoping our area was going to grow. We were sort of banking on that market growing on there, and it, and it didn't mm-hmm. on there. Um, you know, being in business is a gamble every day, and that was a gamble we took, and it, it didn't pay off. We were able to survive and turn that equipment and sell that equipment and move it on, but uh, we made a substantial investment into that. And
1: But what did you learn from that? do your research better. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Very good. So how would you um, have done things differently?
0: What What we did there is we listened to the rumors. So um, there was a new housing project coming into town and there was going to be, um, you know, 300 plus homes in our area, which was outside of Bakersfield. Um, there was a housing track of 300 homes coming in. We were the only equipment guy out there. Uh, so, you know, as a better term, as dad used to say, we were going to cut a fat hog and we was going to make it on there. What we didn't bother to do is go to our supervisor, um, as far as our board of supervisors and, and and the county people and say, is this really going to be a reality? And how long is it going to be? And hey, guess what? It was in a flood zone. And so that sort of changed the world pretty pretty good. So um, rumors are nice to listen to, but don't always bank on them.
1: Absolutely. One of the things that I find remarkable about Jeronco and the business that you have is your employee retention. And admittedly, this is not an easy business. It's a physically demanding business. It can be an emotionally demanding business. And yet, you've had some of the same staff members for years and years and years and how have you cultivated a culture here that has retained these quality employees for so long?
0: I think a lot of it has to do with, as an owner, I'm not afraid to go out and be right there with the guys. Hmm. Um, I'm I'm there, um, you know back in the day i was working and doing the exact same work they were i i was you know right there with them um you know i'm a little older now and maybe not as in best shape as i was way back then but i'm still there with my guys i'm checking up on what they're doing you know you do small stuff you know show up with a whole box full of uh ice cream sandwiches that goes a, a long ways on a hundred degree day and uh show up with some gatorades now and then and, and and just let them know you appreciate what you do i i mean you hear people say that all the time but you have to actually implement that on a level where it's coming from you on there to the employees um we, we gear up. We tell all our guys and the ones that have been with us for years and years. I, my longest employee right now just hit his 14th anniversary with us. Congratulations. Um, they know the busy times. They know the slow times. We just came off of, you know, April, May is our biggest uh, month there, there is. And in May, uh, we had weeks that the guys were doing 80-plus hours a week. Um, you know, they're asking for, can I have two hours off to go back and tell my kids I'm still here type deal, you know, Sure. but you gear them up for that. Right. But then when it starts slowing down as it is now, mm-hmm. um, you kick them home a little bit early, but you still, you let them go home early, but you don't hit them in the pocketbook when you do it Right. on there. You help them out there a little bit. And that goes a long ways.
1: This business, like you said, can be very cyclical. And when the, when it rains, it pours as the old, Saying goes, and when it 's dry it 's a drought. How do you manage your cash flow in a roller coaster industry like this well, after thirty five years, we sort of know where the peaks and the
0: valleys are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we gear up for that. Um, what we have done is i 've went after the yearly events mm-hmm. um, and, and that 's why now we 're starting to focus on the wedding is because we have those yearly events that those are reoccurring ones and so we're sort of when we 're doing our budget and we're looking at our what quarters are are up and down uh we're we're looking at what those events are and making sure that we're taking care of those folks and it's nice to have and um, you know you you just market yourself and you gear up for it on there and and you should know i mean starting out it's hard the first three years, four years you don't know because Every month's a good month because you don't have anything to compare it to. Sure. But keep good records. Keep keep looking at what historical income you've done and plan on that. But hopefully you can get better.
1: The party rental business is a very competitive business. It seems like... Every Sally, the homeowner, or, or Fred, the homeowner, has a table and some chairs, and, and they can do a, a party. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but you also have competition here in Bakersfield. You have competition from L.A. You have competition from the Bay Area. You have a lot of competition in a lot of dra- different directions coming at you. And what has Geronco done to remain competitive and, in many ways, exceed expectations?
0: Well, that's it right there. Um Our goal is to um, exceed what they expect on there. Um, If, you know, I know it's just a table or a chair. So you show up with your tables and your chairs, but take the extra two minutes and take it around to the backyard. You're not setting it up, but you're getting it closer for um, whoever is having that event on there. Be timely. Be there when you say you're going to be there on there. And... Our biggest thing is we've got the reputation, we're here, we're based here, we've we've got roots in town. So when you get these folks that are working out of their garage, for a better term, um, they're not really vested in what they're doing. When you come to our facility and you look at our facility, we're definitely vested in what we're doing, and we're going to be easy to find if you have a problem on there. It's it's a matter of picking up a phone and, and we're going, somebody on the other end is going to answer it. You don't always get that with the other folks.
1: How does Jeronco handle the 2 o'clock in the morning phone call from somebody who's, who's got an issue?
0: 24 hours, somebody's on call. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's just how we do it, and we do what needs to be done. We don't go through an answering service. We don't go through it goes to a recording and it beeps one of us at home. You call here at 2 in the morning, it's going to go through, and it's going to say if you have an emergency with equipment you now have on rent, press number Mm 5, and it will ring whoever the on-call person is. And Mm -hmm. that person has the authority to do whatever they need to do to fix the problem.
1: How has your use of technology leveled the playing field or given you an advantage?
0: What it's done for us is it's allowed us to track our events easier it's allowed us to track our trucks easier we know where our equipment is we're able to turn our equipment faster Hmm. uh, by doing this
1: so when you say turn your equipment faster what do you mean by that
0: so by us knowing where our equipment is on there um, we know when the event is ending and it may sound like oh well it's going to get over at midnight or whatever but we're able to track it through the computer system And we know that that's going to roll in at 8 a.m. and we can turn around and flip it at 9.30 Mm. on there. And we're very good at at doing that on there. Um, The the main thing with technology is people are able to order easier or find us easier to talk to us about what they need to order.
1: Let's take a step back a little bit and transition. And one of the things that you were talking about is how you're able to take care of the customer 24 seven and, and whatever their needs are, they could put press five and they automatically talk to somebody. And this sounds like all the givings of a very principled foundational company. How has your, how has being principled been the bedrock of your company?
0: I think it goes back to, if you're talking principles, as far as, is, the, the, culture, the culture of the company is right. we're good for our word on there. Um, if we tell you it's going to be there, it's going to be there. Mm-hmm. If we see for some unknown reason it's not going to happen, we're on the phone. We're letting people know. Uh, we have the reputation for for being timely and where it is. Um, but I, I really honestly think it is – We've been established for so long that we have that reputation of those guys are here, those guys can help you. And we know when to tell the customer, I'm sorry, we can't do that. Mm. You have to say no to business at certain times. You, you don't say yes to everybody. Okay. There's times you have to say no, but I think you gain respect for that is when you call up and say, I'm sorry, we can't do that. But we'll we'll try and point them in the right direction. and you know, don't bite off a piece bigger than you can chew type deal is when we were busy in May, we actually had to turn orders away because we physically could not produce it. We may had the inventory, but we physically couldn't get it set up in time. And you have to be honest with yourself and honest with the customer that you can't do it. And, And don't take on more than you should.
1: How do you keep from being sidetracked with your business?
0: one is the computer system we have now starts flashing at us and telling us when we've actually exceeded the number of hours that the crew can physically do something so we're able to break our deliveries up into a time range and so it's able to say you know you've now hit a 12-hour day with this crew and we know how many crews we're running and we know when we're when we're done um you, you want new business, and you do everything you can to take that new business on. But at some point, especially new business, if you're going to take that on from somebody and you don't deliver, and mm-hmm. that's a first-time user, there is no recourse to come back. If it is a customer you've had for years and you drop the ball, they may be a little bit more understanding with you. You're, you still don't want that egg on your face, but when it comes to new business, um, you've got to know when you say, I, I physically can't deliver it. I don't have any more trucks. I don't have any more personnel. I don't, you know, we give them options. Okay. Can we deliver it three days early? Can we deliver it pick it up two days later? We give them that option. But at times you just have to say, I can't hit that timeline for you.
1: When it's really busy, how do you keep this business from consuming your life? It
0: it, it usually does, (laughs) (laughs) but, but we know that. So like I was saying is for our employees that's been here for a long time, obviously for myself also, we know there's a couple months out of the year that we're almost 24 seven living it. We, we know that, but we also know prior to that, we go have a vacation or take some time off or do something. And we know when that's over, we do the same thing and that's how we recharge. Um, you you know I, during the busy time i breathe it 24/7 sure. i go home thinking about it i wake up thinking about it it's just that's the nature of the business but if if you're a good business owner you're you're always thinking about what your what your business is doing or how can you improve
1: and what what do you do when you have that time off
0: oh i'm i'm a fisherman so yeah i'm uh i go fish i have two vices i i love to fish and uh, I love to work around on my property. I've I've got some property, and I I love that's, it's very uh, mind numbing stuff. <laughs> I mean, mowing the yard, trimming the trees, doing that but fixing yeah. the fence. Yeah, doing fixing fences, doing stuff, and then like you know you know I love the fish. So that's
1: so tell tell our listeners who don't know about your current your current fishing goal. Uh, my current fishing goal.
0: Everybody has to have something on a bucket list that you probably will have a hard time completing but that's your goal (laughs) my bucket list is 50 states 50 fish so I'm trying to catch one fish in every state is what I'm doing and to help me remember this is in my office during those busy times when I'm pulling my hair out is there's a big map of the United States hanging on my office wall and there is a picture of me and all the states that I've done so far on there so what's left uh i've still got about 25 states to do so (laughs) you know uh yeah i'm i'm in my 50s but when i decided to do this i said i can't do it with a grandpa and a picture that i'm there i don't even know where we're at so i backed up 10 years and so basically i i said any fish that i've caught in 10 years in another state on there and it makes you get out of the office and makes you go do stuff and have fun gives you a goal
1: where was the uh, where was the most difficult place that you've had to go fish Oh, the most difficult,
0: well, I won't say it's most, it was the. F- funnest but i didn't think i would get it done is i did an alaska <laughs> trip that was awesome i just in february was in new orleans uh so you know we knocked out louisiana and i found out what brackish water was and some different things uh
1: what is brackish water
0: brackish water is a mixture between salt water and fresh water so okay. if you don't want to see something that's weird is go out think your uh your ocean fishing and then you reel in a largemouth bass on there it sort of freaked me out a little bit i've never heard of the term and it's very common uh, the marshlands out there on there and so upper water is fresh water deeper water is salt water nice is what it is. So, nice yeah good deal on there uh, so anyway that that's what i've what i've done in states i've been around lately
1: what is now one of the things that you're also known for is some of your escapades that you've done here at the local speedway, and local racetrack, and promoting Durango. And tell us a little bit about that.
0: So um, I got hooked up with the uh, local racetrack. And this goes way, way, way back. We used to have another asphalt track here in town. It closed. A new one opened. I'm very active out there at the track. Um, What's the name of the raceway? Uh, Kern County Raceway Park, KCRP, on there. So that's the raceway here and in, in there. Um, we are a sponsor. Geronco is a sponsor. we our names on the wall. We get good plugs at every race. Um, and then we have started doing what we call the 15 minutes of mayhem. Once a month, we do something crazy. Um, we have lifted trailers a couple of hundred feet in the air and dropped them <laughs> just to see what would happen when they hit the ground. Um Our biggest thing we're doing right now is we're doing RV races and waterless boat races. So basically, we're racing motorhomes, and the waterless boat is we're dragging boats behind the last one we did. We drug them behind the motorhomes, but we don't have a trailer. And so we race them, and those guys are crazy. And then um, the last race, we do what's called uh, skid plate racing front wheel drive car with no rear tires on it we've pulled the hubs off and welded the plate so that's where the skid plate comes in so as you know a front wheel drive car you can still go you can still turn but you don't know where the back's going so anyway (laughs) i was asked uh i was asked to race in this last time yeah you know it's something i usually don't do i was asked to race in it sure and uh I was doing extremely well until I flipped the car upside down. <laughs> and let's just say it hurts a lot more than it used to when you flip one upside down. So, But it, it's great promotion for our company. It is awesome promotion. We have T-shirts made up that says 15 Minutes of Mayhem, and it, it's surprising the number of customers that comment when they come
1: in. That sounds like a lot of fun. It is. What else have you done to participate in the community? Um, as far as...
0: Pushing the company, we do what we call the Concert Express, Mm -hmm. uh, sponsored by Geronco. So we have... This year plan, we're taking five buses at different times. We're going to different country-western concerts on there. Uh, the, we've got one coming up at Dodger Stadium. We're taking a busload of listeners They have to call in and win and, of course, go to Jeronko's uh, Facebook page and do some things on there. Uh, but anyway, we have been extremely with how that's worked out, uh, we've got Luke Bryant coming up. We've got Tim and Faith coming up. Um, I've got a promotion. Well, this Friday we're doing Sugarland. We've got it's here locally, but we're doing a promotion for that. So by doing this Concert Express, uh, each bus holds about forty people, and it has to be different people. You can't win on every one. You have to take some time off. And so if we do four or five of those at four or five people, you know, next thing you know, it's 160 people you've impacted. But how many callers were trying to call in? How many people were listening? Right. How many people heard your name? And so, uh, yeah, we, we, we do stuff like that. And it's fun. That's what I found on with our advertisement is we're a party company. So mm-hmm. we want to do something that's fun. What's well, more fun than winning a trip to go see a country western show? Sure.
1: What do you do personally to give back to the community? Um, Well,
0: like we was talking about on Village Fest, uh, our company is involved, but I am personally extremely involved. I donate a lot of my time. Um, I sit on the committee for that. Um, Also, American Cancer Society, there again, our company is involved, but I am very active with American Cancer Society and um, And doing, doing different things there also.
1: And why Village Fest and the American Cancer Society? Why those organizations specifically? Um, Village Fest
0: helps the kids locally. So that money stays local, and I can see the end result of where the money goes. Mm. And that is why I fell in love with... This goes back, they've, they're have they on their 22nd, 23rd year now or something like wow. that. Um, and when I was approached about doing it, I mean, they were just starting out. Uh, some friends came to me and said, hey, you know, you want to help us out? It had nothing to do with the business. You want to help us out? You want to volunteer some time? I did. I saw where the money went. Uh, and it's just grown from there, and then that's allowed uh, the company to come in and do some stuff also. And then American Cancer Society, let's face it, we all know somebody that's been impacted. We right. all know somebody that has been affected on there, and um, it's just something that's near to me. And so I volunteer my time where I can on there, and uh, I, 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 it just makes me feel good to help.
1: Excellent. You had mentioned earlier that your promotions go out and impact 100, 150 people with these trips, and then more so when you do these promotions at the Speedway. How has the customer changed in the last 10 years?
0: Well, what I've seen as far as how the customer changes is how the customer interacts with the company. Hmm. Um Everybody wants to go online now. Everybody wants to order that way. Uh, There's not as much of face-to-face walking through the door that was 35 years ago Mm. on there. Um, I have an extremely large amount of customers that have probably never stepped foot in our door. I I, Hmm. I would venture to say 70, maybe 75% of my customers have never stepped through our doors. So it's all been through... um, our webpage, our Facebook, our promotions on how they're interacting with us that way. So that's the biggest change. And I have a hard time with that. I'm 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 on that edge of, you know, the technology deal. I'm doing my best, but that's why I got some of the younger folks in here taking care of that for us. Uh, the other thing I see is customers are more, I call it, they're, they got Amazon fever a little bit, um, they expect it quicker, sooner, faster, and for us they don 't quite they don 't plan as far ahead as they used to. I mean, I can remember planning weddings a year and a half out, and now i 'm seeing on average people are planning their weddings six months out right on there um, and then a party they're planning weeks out right, on there. and so that's changed our world quite a bit on. Forecasting what our income was going to be, on there that's that's changed what we see.
1: What do you see the future of your company and the industry in general?
0: The industry in general, in general, and what I see for our company is you're gonna, we're all be going to become more specialized in what we do. Um, you won't, you won't be a jack of all trades on there. Right now, I have a lot of different items that we rent. But I don't have near as many as I used to mm. on there because you finally say I'm not as good or I'm not as profitable at that, and somebody else has become more profitable at it on there. And but you become more specialized in what you're doing and better at what you do. Um, and I just that's my my take on what I see happening in our industry is is you will become extremely proficient at a few
1: things. At the end of the day, what is it that you really do for your customers?
0: Provide them great service. It has nothing to do with the price. It's we, we provide them good service and we provide them peace of mind. I can't tell you how many people that call up, say, okay, we're ordering it from you and I'm not going to worry about this anymore. And they know it's going to happen. So I we provide them a... Peace of mind. It's going to happen. Forget about it. Go worry about something else. You gotta. You gotta worry about. But we we've got it on our end.
1: We've been talking with Ron Holbert here at Joronco Party Rentals. You can find Ron at JorancoRentals dot com, and uh, that's Joranco J O R O N C O Rentals dot com, and you can also find him on Facebook at Joronco at uh, on Facebook. Right. Thank you for joining us, and you have a great afternoon. And Ron, thank you for joining us. Thanks a lot for having me. I had a great time. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you may find more of Ted's music at reverbnation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. And that's reverbnation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. Also, if you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to this podcast at itunes.com forward slash small business Celebration and give us a five-star review. If there is a business in the California, San Joaquin Valley you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I am your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.